This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Kyle, do you want to lead off with the topic? Yeah, so we're going to discuss the cost of not getting started. So Jason has compiled some illustrations here where we um, started at different ages. We looked at age 30, looked at age 31, age 35, age 40. And we're just comparing and showing like what it costs yeah. to not get started right away. And uh, to, so to speak, you know, like show you guys why um, or what the cost was. We just defaulted to using income that you could derive from the policy. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways you could derive cost from this. I mean, um, you could do death benefit, cash value. I mean, yeah, and whatever. I didn't, I didn't put down the death benefit here in the notes and stuff, so we're not gonna go over that. But, but absolutely, yeah, all that stuff. This was just something that I thought would be relative to people because you need to be able to generate income. Yes. And I think that everybody can relate to that and realize the significance behind that. And that's what most people come to us looking at this from a cash asset standpoint. And we think that, you know, the amount of income you can generate from it is a great way to to review this. Absolutely. I mean, that is not something that many people ever talk about even. It's like, um, well, we're just going to build this amount of money as big as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. But income isn't really talked about. And you can't necessarily derive more income from a bigger pot of money. Um, and that has a lot to do with volatility. Um, life insurance does not suffer from very much volatility. No. It does not go backwards in value, at mm-hmm. least with whole life and indexed universal life. Um Variable universal life is different, so don't don't lump that one in here. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the the reason for that is volatility. So a smaller pot of money could generate you more actually, um, because life insurance. This is a dividend paying whole life insurance that we're looking at right now. It is not subject to very much volatility. And what I mean by that specifically is the dividend rate might go up and down a little bit, but we can look 10 years out and be pretty close to knowing what we're going to have value. Yeah. Because it doesn't change very much. Exactly. And which is why it's the perfect place to store and grow capital. Absolutely. You nailed that. Okay. Um, I'm going to get started with the first one. So what we did, we started with a 30-year-old. This was a male. And I do believe this was run at the top health class. Um. We funded these policies through age 67, all of them. The starting age is different, but they were all funded through age 67. At age 68, income was taken from the policies. So what we did was we withdrew to the basis. The basis is how much premium was paid into the policies, and then we took loans against the policy. Mm -hmm. All these policies... um, the income was taken out between age 68 and age 100. 
and the policies would still stay in force after that if you live beyond that, uh, so there would not be a taxable event in your life. Anyways, I think that gives people a pretty good background, don't you, Kyle? Yep. Okay, so we just did a $10,000 premium on everybody. Um, On the 30-year-old male, this created cash value at age 67 of $1,021,524 based on dividend rates that are currently, um, based on what the dividend rate is at the company right now. And that generated $53,033 of yearly income. Mm-hmm. All right. Next person, we just did one year. What does one year cost? Okay. So now we start as a 31-year-old, same $10,000 premium. Now we only have $963,194 of cash value. But One year. One year. The, the one before is a million twenty one thousand five hundred twenty four. <laughs> Costing. Well, I'm just going to wait to get started next year. I'm not <laughs> quite ready this year. Guys. Yeah, it's almost $60,000 in difference on one year of waiting. That that right there is the most shocking one to me. Just then, one year <laughs> of waiting. And if you go over to the income, the income that you can withdraw is $50,121. So that's $3,000 less of Every income. Year. So that equates to about $96,000 mm-hmm. over the withdrawing period. Yep. Because that's every year that it's less mm-hmm. by that much. Yeah. <laughs> that's that one that one honestly was the most shocking to me because that is only one year of waiting. And every <laughs> I think that everybody can relate to that the most. Well, I'm just gonna wait one year and then I'm gonna get started. You know, mm-hmm. it's only ten thousand dollars. It isn't gonna cost <laughs> me that much money. Yep. That's Absolutely. what the compounding does though of these policies. You want these in force as long as as possible. It's so hard for people up front because, yeah, you're negative. You know, you don't have access to all that money. But, man, look at the, the, the difference in compounding over one year. is just incredible. And it's so hard to just see that. Mm-hmm. So, and if we move on to age 35, the cash value drops to $751,721. So, he paid in $50,000 less in premium. And it looks like, I didn't do the math, but he has 270000 roughly, I think, less in cash value. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, pretty significant. That was a lot of compounding that happened. Absolutely. Over that amount of time. And then the income he's able to withdraw is only $39,505. So that's, you know, almost... $13,528 less than starting five years sooner. Yeah. Every single year, though, it's that much less. In four years, that's how much income. Now I realize these are weaker dollars than what we were paying in, you know, when we started. Sure. But in four years, that's already um, how much premium that you didn't pay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we did the 35-year-old. Yeah. So the 40-year-old now. Okay, this person waited 10 years. They paid in 100000 less dollars. All right. $516,033 at the end of age 67. Age 30 was $1,021,524. So we're talking about five hundred grand. $500,000. We waited 10 years. We paid $100,000 less in premium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Income is only $28,820. 
um, that's uh, $24,213 less than what we were generating when we started at age 30. All these, the only thing that was changed was um, the age. Uh, it was kept as a male, top health rating for all of them. Um, blending changed very slightly just because the ages were different. And that is directly related to how this company allows you to blend. Um, but everything was created as optimally as it could have been <laughs> to generate income. Mm-hmm. Just to give a fair view of everything. Yeah. that This was not cherry picking things. No. And changing policy design to benefit one over the other. Or companies, same company and everything. Same company, yep. That is significant. A half million dollars because you couldn't get started. Mm-hmm. And we understand that you can't, maybe it's because the financial situation that you're in is why you can't get started. But if it's not, if it's a mind thing issue, that is some big dollars. Yeah, get get reading. Watch Nelson's seminar. Call us after you've done that stuff. Ask questions that you don't understand. Yeah. And, I mean, if you want to go ahead, and then this last one, you did an illustration where what it would take to catch up at age 40. To the same person starting at age 30. Yeah, which is pretty <laughs> uh, mind-blowing, too. Yeah, every year, they'd have to pay $18,401.25. So, cumulatively, they would have paid $496,834 in uh, premium versus the person that started at age 30 paying 370000 So, they had to pay an extra 126000 Mm-hmm. Um, now, it did not completely catch them up in cash value. Cash value is 996242 whereas the 30-year-old was $1,021,524. Mm-hmm. But it created the same amount of income as the 30-year-old. Now, you guys are probably wondering, why is it that a 40-year-old can have less cash value and generate the same amount of money as a 30-year-old? It's because he has more basis in the policy. He didn't have to start withdrawing, or excuse me, uh, accruing a loan against his policy as soon as the 30-year-old did. That's mm-hmm. all that is. So so I think that paints a pretty good picture of why waiting doesn't do you any service if you don't need to wait. No. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a mind thing, get after it. Get started. Um, it... It's substantial. The one-year one, that is the most eye-popping to me. Almost $60,000 just for one year of waiting. Exactly. And if you, I mean, just from a standpoint, if you look at it, I mean, starting at 30, paying 10K in a year, being able to... so reasonable. I mean... You're able to use that. Yeah. And then, you know, if you have everything paid back when you want to take passive income, I mean, just from paying that 10K a year, you can then extract $53,000. Does Social Security do that for you and that sort of efficiency? I mean, that's a big hell no. So this is this is money. This is tax-exempt cash flow. There yeah. is no tax due on this. Yeah, put put that in perspective as well. You're, you know, against your 401k pulling out 53k a year compared to this life insurance policy pulling out 53k a year. You're going to get that whole 53k and with the um, 401k you might be getting 75% of that, maybe 70%, mm-hmm. maybe less. Because with the 401k, that's income. You have to report that mm-hmm. on 
uh, your taxes every single year. Yep. This is tax-exempt cash flow. This is not income to you. Mm-hmm. You're just borrowing against an asset. You're, yeah. with, you're withdrawing uh, money, premium, that you paid into the policy. You're withdrawing that. Okay, you already paid tax on that, so there is no tax due. And then you're just borrowing against the cash value that it created once you have extracted the premium, the basis, out of the policy. And also, the, the, You don't write this down on your taxes at the end of the year. No. You just take that this is <laughs> simplicity at its finest. Loan, a loan is not income. No. So. I mean, talk about that. You don't have to go to an attorney, a CPA, nothing. Like. No. To make this simple. I mean, this is simple. It by itself. It just is simple. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that is worth a lot to me. And then also, I mean, take into consideration, I mean, there's, there's some people out there that are saving some substantial amount of money. And what if you're saving 10K every year into a savings account or a rainy day fund, you know, whatever you want to call it, is that going to provide you in, you know, 47 years? Is that going to provide you? 37. Or sorry, 37 years. Is that going to provide you with 53K of withdrawable income until you're 100? Uh, no, it's not. And it's not going to provide you any uh, death benefit protection on the way. So, yeah, I totally... I. I, Kyle brought that up and I just totally missed the death benefit thing. But yeah, you'd have substantially less death benefit too at the older you got. Sure. With these policies. But why, why save 10, if you are saving $10,000, why save it in a savings account? I mean, it's just, it's not doing you any service. Oh, we have so many, I wouldn't say so many, but we have people um, that we've spoken with and they struggle because they like to see that green in the checking account. And I, I admit myself, like I also have some problems with that too. I'm getting ready to start my third policy, dragging my feet a little bit. Premium number is getting pretty high. You're guilty. Every year <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm fighting it. I'm going to go through and get it done, but it's real. And looking at things like this even helps me remind myself like, this is why we're doing this. There's a lot of value. There's so much more value than that sitting in uh, just a checking account. And, and why? Okay. Let's just veer off from this a little bit why is it um that it's so much why is it the fact that like a checking account like it feels good to have all that money there but like we don't associate that with cash value of a life insurance it's just so liquid because we know we can use it it's just super liquid we know it's ours the stroke of a check yes or a card yep and it's pretty simple with life insurance i mean we went over that before too but Mm -hmm. it's not as simple and i mean we're not when we use money out of our checking or savings account, we are not seeing the cost of using that money oh, in yeah. the form of interest that we are from the life insurance company. The other thing we aren't seeing with the money sitting in the checking account is all the forfeited interest that it's not earning. Absolutely. But also, it's hard for us to see the interest that it will be because we have to, like when we put in the life insurance policy, we have to be forward thinkers, look in the future to then see the benefit of yeah. that added interest coming to us and yeah. it's not immediate. Yeah. And this society is just based on instant gratification. Yeah, you nailed that. Which leads to short-term result, short-term results. Yeah. So that's all you all you can expect is short-term results. In the short term, yes, it is more beneficial to use the crappy savings account. Over the long run, no comparison to life insurance or a savings account or checking account. Yeah. Nelson outlined that pretty good in his book. It's on uh, page 45 in his book where he had, uh, I believe it was two sisters, 
and one was saving money into a life insurance policy. The other one saving it into uh, CDs. And at the beginning, it's like, why in the world do you would you ever put money into a life insurance policy? You yep. know, um, I mean, it's on page forty five. You can go and look at it for yourself. I mean, it's just all the dividends accrued to the life insurance policy owner, not the bank owner. Mm-hmm. And that was the result at the end was a tremendous amount more value. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, for you guys that are on the fence about this, take this into consideration, you know, consume whatever materials you need to. Nelson's book is a good place to start. We have a ton of podcasts. I think this might be number 90. I mean, we're way up there now. Um, we have 30 some blogs on our website. Get Nelson Nash's uh, seminar on DVD. That read his book first, but then get that seminar. That is, man, that is tremendous value. And once you're done with that, reach out to us. Let's get going. Yeah, and you can shoot us some email too anytime during the process if you have any other questions. So yeah, okay, that that's all I got, Kyle. I think we covered this very well. Yeah, I hope you guys can see that there is a cost. And that needs to be factored in on, you know, getting started. So I hope we got that covered for you guys. And we'll be back next week with a new podcast. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.